feels like you and I are driving down a highway. The windows roll down. It's it's late August. It's early September, but we're off to off to solve a murder, and we got a real we got a real strong lead. Got a real strong lead. We know we know we have to go talk to next. We're close to solving this one. Keep your head on a swivel. All right. So, welcome to a new week of Quite Frankly. It is Tuesday night, the day after Labor Day, 6.56 p.m. on the East Coast. We're hanging out. It's a shorter engagement tonight because I've got band practice. But we've got a full two hours tomorrow with Jeff Harmon, astrologer. He comes by every six, seven months or so. And uh, I got some big questions to ask him. That'll leave us a whole second half of wonderful opportunity for conversation with the audience because I've stumbled upon quite a few interesting threads, I think, that can stimulate some conversation on top of everything else. But um, a lot of happenings, a lot of happenings, no doubt about it. Also, on Thursday night, we've got Jay Dyer coming on the show. That is no longer tentative. That is confirmed and we're going to be talking about the satanic panic not only the satanic panic of the 80s and early 90s what was all hyperbole and propaganda but what was also serious and should have been paid more attention to and and now we are going through another satanic panic only uh this one's a little bit easier a little bit easier because it's it's we're surrounded by outward Satanism with a media that pretends to be, I don't know, skeptical about things because they're, of course, they're, they're playing defense, always playing defense. It's a part of what we're talking about tonight when we get into things like the ADL, the ACLU, as they are back in the, under the microscope with this whole uh, thing that's going on with, with Twitter. Elon Musk is saying that approximately 60% of advertising dollars that was originally or was traditionally going through Twitter has now been choked off by just a little bit of coercion from the ADL because nobody wants to be called anti-Semitic for any reason whatsoever. That's just what it is. So we're going to jump into that just a little bit. And then uh, on Friday night, we're not going to have a seven o'clock show, but I am going to be doing a show a normal length show earlier in the afternoon. I have a family, um, a family obligation later on that night around seven around start time of the show for usually um, but I just I would rather do the show earlier than take off so that's the what that's what is on the on the agenda for the rest of this week you get what I'm saying all right so with that all out of the way let's jump into some announcements I would also like to thank my sponsors for the evening that is bluemonsterprep.com it's been a few days since I've been able to thank Blue Monster Prep and boy do I need to thank them because they've been wonderful to me and this audience and now that I'm taking a little bit more uh, I'm able to take a little bit more of a inventory of the of my uh, preparation and my survival supplies I can't wait to um, to get in touch with Pat and Gina myself and say, okay, guys, this is what I have going on. These are my goals. What's the best way to get there? And they have a, they have a great um, preparation package and, and things that you can read through on, quite frankly, on, on bluemonsterprep.com to see where you are and where you need to be. 
The winter is coming, and of course, COVID is back, according to Joy Behar. It's back! Of course, it's called flu season, which has always been back around this time of year. But we're dealing with the uh, the stupidest people who ever walked the earth at the same time. The stupidest people who ever walked the earth at the same time. I, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking like Neanderthal... That is light years ahead of us intellectually as a whole. That's where we are right now, especially when it comes to the um, the threshold for what it takes to get onto television. That is, you have to have doormat level IQ to get onto television. I think that's really what it is. It's like it's not that you're, oh wow, you got to be really smart, sharp to get onto TV. No, you there is actually stupidity standards to get on TV. So I'm glad to be here in the new media with you, where there are no standards at all, <laughs> which uh, go either way. But at least we know that it's not always down. Anywho, thank you, Blue Monster Prep. You can find them along with all of our other friends and affiliates on quitefrankly.tv, the affiliates page. All right, let's get into the grab bag. First things up, happy birthday to Aaron, Mr. Free Dubs. Turned 40 years old over the weekend. He's a sponsor of the show, and I have been waiting to wish him a happy birthday. Uh, Number two, this one is from TMZ. Take a listen to this shit. Explosive diarrhea diverts Delta flight. Did you hear about this? A Delta passenger sprayed diarrhea everywhere aboard a midair flight, forcing the plane to turn around and go back to the airport to deal. What does this mean? The holy shit moment occurred Friday as the Delta flight was headed to Barcelona, Spain. After taking off from Hartsfield-Jackson, Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport in Georgia. While the jet was over Virginia, the passengers' gastrointestinal issues exploded out in the open, giving everyone on board a front row seat to the disgusting aftermath. What? What were they wearing? Had to be a woman, had to be a skirt, something. The flight captain radioed air traffic control to report the incident and seemed pretty calm under the circumstances. You can hear him on the recording say, it's just a biohazard issue. We had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane. So they want us to come back to Atlanta. People on the flight were horrified and complained about it on social media. Let's listen to this. Let me see. This has it on here. A biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard. All the way through the airplane. So they're walking and shitting down the aisle. I, honestly, I don't want to get back onto a plane ever again. Maybe this is the reason why this stuff is happening. So they, I. I'm just I'm just grateful that we have a big enough country where I can explore this country for the rest of my life and still not see everything, you know. But I do want to go to the Mediterranean. What I'm going to do? Swim? I I really want to go to the Mediterranean. Anyhow, the people were horrified. One person wrote, "My partner was on that flight. It was pretty bad." It, w- it dribbled down the aisle and smelled horrible. Another said the vanilla-scented disinfectant used on it only made it smell like vanilla shit. Oh. 
A third called it a mess, but praised the pilot for making the right decision to turn back around and land. Delta issued a statement, our teams work quickly and safely as possible to thoroughly clean the airplane and get our customers to their final destination. Oh, I wonder who this person was, and I wonder how they were treated the rest of the way. And what they, I mean, think about that. Think about if you're them. How do you not know that something bad is going to happen as you're boarding the plane? That doesn't just creep up on you. Unless it's an interaction between medicine and so, That's just terrible. Terrible. That is almost as bad. No, no, it's worse. Because if for, forced to plane the ground. You ever sit next to somebody who hasn't showered on a plane? Even if that's an hour-long plane, that is hell on earth. Um, but shit, absolute actual shit in the the, I don't know. There's so many things that can go wrong in an airplane. Listen to this one though, uh, Berlin Wall. I can't believe I read this when I saw it. The uh, or I can't believe I saw it. Well, I mean. Berlin Wall Relic gets a second life on U.S.-Mexico border as Biden adds barriers. So the Mexican government is putting up a piece of the Berlin Wall as a message to the U.S. to, to not put up barriers? What the hell do you want us to put up? What the hell do you want us to put up as everybody walks by your house to come here and literally shit all over the place? As the U.S. government built its latest stretch of border wall, Mexico made a statement of its own by laying remains of Berlin Wall a few steps away. Oh, how symbolic of the Mexicans. How symbolic of the Mexican government. Great. The three-ton pockmarked gray concrete slab sits between a bullring, a lighthouse, and a border wall, which extends to the Pacific Ocean. May this be a lesson to build a society that knocks down walls and builds bridges. Oh, we have a huge bridge. It's called the southern border. It's wide open. Now, the reason why this is so incredible for me to see is because I've been saying this for years on this show. Um, when we discuss why building a physical barrier is necessary, at least as a full, as a front line of defense is necessary in our situation right now because at least physical barriers cannot be ordered to stand down like our border patrol is ordered to do that we have that we're, we're not only just putting up physical barriers to hopefully divert um, people from the other side of just walking on in and doing whatever the hell they want unaccounted for in in a, in a foreign land but it's also a barrier against the political whims of liberals okay because once they take power, they can tell Border Patrol to do absolutely nothing and make the problem worse. But they can't, at least forever the wall stands, tell a wall not to be there. And I also said that the other, uh, the flip side of putting a wall in, even though it's just a, you know, it, it's unnecessary if you have any kind of political sanity in your home, because everybody, there would be no, no welfare, for anybody to take part in nothing there'd be no incentive for people to come here and not want to try to actually come here stake their claim at, and as a individual with a a skill with a business idea and go to work for themselves knowing it's going to be the fruits of their labor that they are harvesting um but it was also going to be eventually if there was no solution to our culture 
if there's no correction to our culture here, whatever would have been built, if it, the, the, the wall was going to be as thorough and as impenetrable as people were hoping it was going to be under Donald Trump, then there was always going to be this moment one day down the line where it was ceremoniously taken down and made into a false equivalent of Berlin and the Berlin Wall coming down. I said, you know, the other thing here, too, is we'll keep going on this trajectory. Whatever we too do build, build is going to be one day pulled down, and it's going to be likened to the Berlin Wall by the absolute crazy maniacs, the Trojan horse, mockingbird maniacs in our media. That was what was going to be. So the fact that the Mexican government brought a three-ton slab of that very wall to the southern border to make some ridiculously tone-deaf uh, statement about building bridges and not walls where there's literally nothing stopping God knows how much of their population from just walking over here, and many of them already have. It's just incredible that they actually brought a relic of the wall itself because I always thought that that was going to be the end result anyway if the culture didn't correct itself or if we didn't go bankrupt, you know. All right, here's another thing that happened over the weekend. Burning Man, or as I like to call it, Burning Clam, descends into chaos as revelers finally snap and fight during mass exodus from Washout Festival. An official's named 32-year-old who died, emitting rain and mud delayed their rescue response. Burning Man finished on Monday with the burning of a of the man at 9 p.m. local time. About 64,000 people had stayed in the Nevada desert to watch the grand finale. It comes as Friday's rain turned the site into a quagmire and closed off the exits. The uh, sheriff said some fought when they were let out this is a major downpour of rain. When they were let out and others left roads of tra- loads of trash. Oh, it's just... What are you going to expect? He also revealed that the man who died on Saturday was named Leon Reese, 32 years old. It descended into... There was also a, r- a rumor about an Ebola outbreak. Probably around Saturday or so that there was an Ebola outbreak. That turned out to be not true. But um, but still, because of the rain that came down, it made everything so bad out there that nobody can leave. Nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. And so um, what is already a filthy, drunken orgy was now a filthy, muddy orgy. And I have to imagine people are fighting like hell to get out of there. Now, here's the only thing I see. I see all these lines of car. Oh, God, that's horrible. Look at the lines of cars here. Look at this. Wasn't one, one, two, three, four. That's at least what ten lanes. Ten lanes in the middle of literally nothing but the desert. It's just the desert. Look at all the Winnebagos. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine being stuck in that? Just to go into an orgy tent for a couple of days. Ugh. So, no Ebola, but there was plenty of VD. Plenty. Uh, here's another thing I wanted to bring up. Do you remember we talked about this back uh, a couple of years ago when it was all uh, you know a big story? But that guy Billy McFarland who put together the Fire Festival that was supposedly going to have um, performances for the like for, by the likes of people like Blink One Eighty Two and Ja Rule. 
It was in some Caribbean island in 2017. People paid a handsome price for like the best accommodations and the best food they got there. And it was just uh, a couple of hundred white leaky tents and food in uh, in packages like like just I, I don't know dehydrated space food or something like that anyway there was no ja rule there was no uh there's no music there was nothing and he went to jail he went to jail for i think he had they, they had him in solitary confinement for months and um he has as soon as he got out he started planning actually no he said that while he was in prison he started planning fire festival too and already, like a hundred tickets have been made available. They are immediately sold out because you know people just wanted to see if it's going to be a just as bad as the situation, so they can document it for their vlogs. B, if there's no way that he can be this unsuccessful twice in a row, then it might actually just be the best party on earth, or the best party of the year. Anyway, Fire Festival Two is being worked on right now, and it's selling tickets without even a venue or a date that has been set okay so uh the I, I, no doubt about it people are people want to be there if this is bad again or if it's like other things like the 2014 tumblr dash con that is a famous train wreck 2014 tumblr dash con can't get more depressing than that but uh, it has become a beloved meme the uh, the ball pit in the middle of the empty room it's like a, it's a liminal space it really is liminal the ball pit in this warehouse with nothing in it it's just so sad it's so sad but it has the you know the, the imagery of a ball pit is just such a happy childhood thing you want to jump into that ball pit you want to swim around you want to bury yourself underneath it but when you see it in this big empty warehouse and it's supposed to attract you know, pudgy girls with purple hair and bull rings through the nose. Uh, and it doesn't get, it's just bad. So there's that. Uh, Tucker Carlson is going one step further, exposing uh, gay president Barack Obama. He is bringing that guy, uh, what the hell is his name again? Larry Sinclair. He conducted a highly anticipated interview, this is from World Net Daily, with Larry Sinclair, the man purporting to be Barack Obama's homosexual lover, when the former president was a state senator in Illinois in 1999. He's now scheduled for broadcast on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on X, formerly Twitter, on Tuesday, so we'll be able to watch a little bit of that tomorrow night. Then maybe we'll talk a little bit more, uh, a little bit more about, about, um, whatchamacallit, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Carlson posted numerous video clips from the discussion as Sinclair goes into detail of crack cocaine use and sexual relations with Obama. Pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that introduced me, introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack Obama $250 to pay for coke. I started putting uh, a line on a CD tray to snort. Next thing I know, he's got a little pipe, and he's smoking. So, he's going at it. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll we'll make ourselves throw up a little bit tomorrow night. Like I said, it's really not going to do much. It's true. There's no doubt about it. And it's been around for a long time. 
okay? Maybe we will start re-examining the birth certificate again after this, which was another thing that you people were, you know, uh, demeaned as to looking into as one conspiracy or another. But there is a lot. There's a lot to be said about it, and um, and the testimony of people who have examined it, who are highly skilled people who have examined it. Of course, there are highly skilled people who are uh, saying that it's all real, but uh, we know it's all fake. We know, we know what this is. We know what this is all about. You know, you know, I know, and we'll do a little bit of that tomorrow. So uh, don't go anywhere. It's time to kick this one off. It's a short one, but hopefully it'll be a nice, sweet, punchy one. Be right back. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! of different things for you in the opening here's a little bit of a Maui update this is from Nick Sorter covered mainstream media won't let's see here this was on this was yeah uh, two days ago there are countless important issues to note in Maui but here are the more important handful, he says. The town of Lahaina is being increasingly fortified and there is police and military checkpoints at literally every corner. Residents are starting to become literally impoverished due to all the shutdowns. The government has put tens of thousands of people out of work and countless people are about to be forced into bankruptcy. Federal aid is almost impossible to get. We talked about that, the $700 per household. Federal, uh, the government still won't disclose the amount of children missing or dead. The official number of people missing keeps changing and seems to be based on total lies. And lastly, residents are literally being arrested for attempting to visit their own homes. Mark my words, we will get to the bottom of all this. I'm putting together a team of local residents and journalists to make it happen. What is the government hiding? What do, why do they keep lying to the great people of Maui? That's all from Nick Sortor on his Twitter account. Uh, on the other hand, here's The View again. Uh, the View declares COVID is back after whoopee. Sure, it's not just emphysema or a smoker's cough is coming back. 
Whoopi Goldberg was notably absent from Tuesday's episode of The View with her host revealing that she had tested positive for COVID-19. Thank God I didn't get tested last week. It probably would have been uh, I probably would have been positive with something. But that stupid uh, that stupid litmus paper that everybody's sticking up their ass. The news prompted Joy Behar to declare that the virus was back. Oh, God. These women are just in, oh, God. They're just I can't take them. I can't. Ta- I'm, I'm not pressing play. I'm not doing that to us. As you can see, Whoopi is not here. How can you not see that? It's the Chinese balloon sitting there next to you. Behar said she has COVID. Yes, it's back. She added as the audience vocalized their concern. I can just imagine all the ladies in the audience. No, oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Murmur, murmur, murmur. Murmur, babbling brook. Babbling brooks. Murmur, Oh, the murmuring. Oh, no. Behar assured those in attendance that Goldberg was on the mend. Yes, of course, because it's a scratchy throat and some sniffles. And they would likely return to the show later in the week. Over the past few days, the virus believed to have been a thing of the past has surged back into the public discourse, uh, with many of the same debates picking up from where they left off months ago. On Monday, this is from the post-millennial, by the way. On Monday, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who just won't go away, it's like a stain in the carpet, said he was concerned that Americans wouldn't follow new masking recommendations of the CDC were to begin pushing the pandemic era guidance. Why would we do that? We know it's all nonsense. You said it first before you start saying everything else. I would hope that in this is what he said. I would hope that if, in fact, we get to the point where the volume of cases is such that organizations like the CDC recommends that people wear masks, I would hope that they abide by the recommendation and take that into account the risk to themselves and to their families. Yes, there is a very big risk in wearing a mask and huffing in your own waste all day. 100%. You're right, Anthony. He said, reiterating that he was not talking forcing about forcing anyone to do anything. Yeah, right, right. Never forcing anybody to do anything, but just getting all of our corporate friends who own the pharmacies and the shopping centers that uh, everybody is so damn dependent on these days because of convenience and ease, getting them to enforce the policies as as part of their their corporate and their franchise culture. Then it's just like, well, we, it's just suggestions. It's just suggestions of Walmart and Target and the Food Emporium and everybody else want, uh, you know, won't let you shop for groceries without a, uh, a ski mask on. It's not our fault. It's just them uh, wanting to risk the liability to their customers. That's, where, that's the world we're living in right now. But he can go F himself right in the A. The Biden administration recently revealed that a new set of COVID-19 vaccines would be available to the population, leading many, including Donald Trump, to call on manufacturers to release data re- related to the safety of their products. Now, after fi- after the shots and five boosters, I mean, it's all you're. I mean, if you if you've gone anywhere near that many, you're you're on the ride. You're on the roller coaster right now. The the safety testing, don't even look at it. It's only going to keep you up at night. You've had two shots, five boosters. Don't don't ever read a safety label of anything anymore. It doesn't matter. They have to be honest with the numbers. The former president said they have an obligation to be honest. And if they're going to hold back, that means they're going to back something that's not good. Uh, Too late. Way too late. But they'll try. And um, the 
the uh, the cackling hags in the view will continue gasping at the news that somebody else got a cold in uh, in the fall. So here we go. This is another one I want to bring up. Now this is the biggie. This is the biggie because over the weekend the ADL was was trending all over the place and it had a lot to do with what's going on with Twitter right now. Uh, the fact that they are kind of hemorrhaging advertising based on it compared to what they were getting prior to Musk picking it up and then the the known social media world and the media as it is and you know how this all ha- you know you you know how the teams form. Well, even though we still have our debates about whose team Musk is actually on, as far as what has happened to Twitter, um, everybody called in their bannermen, and um, and now there is a little bit of a, a scarcity of people, big, big companies that are willing to go up against forces like the ADL in order to advertise on Twitter, now known as X. Listen to this. No choice. Musk threatens suit against the ADL and blames activists for most of X's revenue loss. Elon Musk, owner of the platform X, formerly known as Twitter, has threatened to ban the Anti-Defamation League from his platform, adding that he had no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against the advocacy group, which previously called for a pause on ad spending on the social network. To clear our platform's name on the matter of anti-Semitism, it looks like we have no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against the Anti-Defamation League. Oh, the irony. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, you know, it's a slow developing irony. Anybody who understands the, the history of organizations like the SPLC, ACLU, the ADL, uh, the NAACP, all those, if you understand what they are front groups for, then you understand that this is all just, oh, Antifa can't be fascist. They're, it's literally in the name, anti-fascist. Oh, whoa. The group alleges Mr. Musk has failed to clamp down on hate speech on the social media platform since his takeover last year, allowing disinformation to proliferate, something Mr. Musk strongly denies. Further, it was revealed that the ADL has put pressure on X, a deplatform popular anti-woke account, libs of TikTok, which is run by conservative Jewish woman Chaya Rychik. But you see, Jewish means nothing to the Anti-Defamation League. It means nothing. And this is, this is how they create enemies. They create otherwise non-existent enemies. There is always going to be people out there who don't like one person or another because of, you know, certain superficial reasons. There's plenty of people out there who would never give me a chance because of the color of my skin, because of my Italian uh, you know, ancestry, because of I'm a Catholic, because of this or that. Whatever the hell it is, there's plenty of people, plenty of people out there. I don't need a def- defamation league in my in my name, though there used to be an Italian defamation league, which was actually run by the mob, which, which is part of the, which is part of, part of the point I'm trying to make here tonight. The ADL is part of a mafia that has the trappings of wanting to promote and to be there for Jewish interests, but has no, no real reason to do any of that stuff. It does not exist for that end. It doesn't. Um, let's see. We're going to get into it because I have some really, I have some old school stuff for you tonight. 
Uh, Libs of TikTok says, Dear Elon, uh, Elon, please consider releasing all the communications and providing full transparency on the ADL and all other organizations who have pushed to censor certain accounts on Twitter. Sincerely, thousands of users who have been suspended, throttled, silenced, and shadow banned. The ban the ADL hashtag began circulating on social media platform after meeting last Thursday between ADL uh, CEO Jonathan Greenblatt and X's new CEO Linda Yaccarino. The hashtag was condemned by Israel's foreign ministry, additionally, as MEE reports, while this recent campaign has been amplified by the so-called far right. Social media accounts translation non-mainstream narrative spewers. Progressive organizations and Palestinian activists have for years raised concerns about the ADL and its efforts to undermine social justice movements in the United States. Now, of course, guys, uh, it, it was figured out a long time ago that victimhood is the purest form of power that you can tap into. And if you can harness victimhood, you're almost unstoppable. The ACLU all of the alphabet the alphabet the acronyms all that stuff uh those are some of the first generation marxist front groups along with the cfr all of them there uh the the adl is 1913 okay there are so many of them now that have branched off they're all affiliated with each other the the network has grown exponentially it's like whack-a-mole so to say it's all one thing or the other there there are just some older more established organizations but they're just so much and um and yeah oh and here and here's the latest we'll get back around to the adl but here is the the latest from the aclu all right here's a little something for you hold on i'm waiting for it to um to load up there it is aclu sues the state of indiana for refusing to spend taxpayer cash on sex change for a transgender child killer, Jonathan Richardson. This is a uh, monster who strangled an 11-month-old baby to death. And did it proudly, by the way. And this is the, this is the kind of stuff the ACLU takes up as, as their, part of their mission here. Here, here are some of the, here are some of the, the I think, most interesting excerpts. She has engaged in self-harm. This is, this is the reporting. Has engaged in self-harm and has attempted suicide because she could not. You want to see what the she looks like? There's the she. Looks like Kingpin from Daredevil. Vincent D'Onofrio. She has exchanged, uh, engaged in self-harm and has attempted suicide because she could not stand the fact that her sex at birth fails to match the fact that she is a woman and cannot tolerate her male body according to the lawsuit. Richardson started taking hormones to alter her body. Now, this is, the, this is the, the Daily Mail speaking now here, too. Now they're cutting away to the Daily Mail. And the Daily Mail is no better than the ACLU or the ADL by continuing to refer to this hulking animal as she. But they do so in a compulsory way because of the organizations like the ACLU and the ADL who are not actually on the side of mankind. No, they have, they have a far bigger, much more sinister mandate here. And we're merely living in a time where the mask is gone and they don't have to play impartial anymore. Okay, they're totally partial. Back to the Daily Mail. 
Richardson started taking hormones to alter her body and presented more to present more present more feminine. Those though he had been in prison designated to men. The suit alleges that he requested gender affirming items and has been permitted to obtain bars, panties, makeup, and form fitting clothing. Despite this is part of the the lawsuit, despite the receipt of hormonal therapy. She continues to suffer the serious negative symptoms of gender dysphoria. Specifically, her genitals remain a source of extreme and continuing distress, which is getting worse. Um, he killed an 11-year-old, 11-month-old baby. His dick should be cut off, and then his throat should be cut. Okay? That, that, that's, the, that's the end of this. The very sight of her genitals causes her to have great anxiety. She has soiled herself rather than use the toilet because of the stress of seeing her genitals. This is the ACLU, okay? Cousins of the ADL, the cousins. So the SPLC, all of them, uh, the, the likes, they've always been the, this part of this covert Marxist front, and they've used lawfare to slowly change American traditions, especially, chief among them, the tradition of free, unabridged speech. Okay, there was a time where they played both sides to seem impartial, where they'll take up controversial sides, they'll defend a murderer, and then they'll go after something that is to- totally American in essence, and that was all in a, obviously in an effort to get to where we are today, where this is prioritized. And I want to read you a little something. This is from a bulletin. This is from a bulletin, a 1951 bulletin by uh, Myron Fagan. I own all of his bulletins. I, I don't know. There's, there's quite a few of them. But I found an entire collection of them. And I bought them as soon as I saw them because there was only a couple left. I don't know who's, if anybody's reprinting these in limited form or something. There's an email on the back of this. So this one had, obviously had to be reprinted. This is these from the 50s. And this one in particular from November of 1951, November, December 1951, is called, What is this thing called anti-Semitism? I want to read a little bit here. Just a little bit here. Ready? Ever since 1913, the Anti-Defamation League has been self-proclaiming itself to be the Jewish voice of authority and that it was organized to protect the individual members of the race from discrimination and primarily to prevent defamation of the race as a whole. Were that the entire truth, it would be well and good and rightly within their province, but that is not the truth or anywhere near the truth. The ADL is no more the voice of the Jewish people than the Mafia is the voice of the Sicilian people. The ADL is the secret police of the B'nai B'rith. The B'nai B'rith is a Jewish fraternal organization composed of small but powerful fractional percentage of the five million or more less Jews, more or less Jews in the United States. Remember, this is 1951. Um, let's see here. The Communist Party in Russia is composed of less than 5% of the total population of that hapless nation. The other 95% are slaves to the 5%, all of whom are kept in their chains of slavery by murderously ruthless secret police known as the MVD. Significantly, the B'nai B'rith is composed of less than 5% of the Jewish population in America. The other 95% are dominated by the five, all of whom are kept under control by the B'nai B'rith secret police known as the ADL. The ADL is fully 
As ruthless as Moscow's MVD, only they cannot as yet resort to the murderous methods of the MVD, because as yet America is still a free nation. Actually, the ADL is no more concerned with the true welfare of American Jewry than the Stalin crew is concerned with the welfare of the Russian people. They seize their self-proclaimed uh, sovereignty over the American Jewry exactly in the same manner that the Red seize their power in Russia, and almost to the same degree. As proof of that objective, of the objectives of the ADL are not purely racial, we find that they are also self-appointed defenders of all so-called minority groups. We find them in cahoots with the UWF and the treason plot. They are the chief agitators for the FEPC. They are the vociferously behind the frighteningly sinister genocide treaty. They are noisily endorse all the Moscow uh, tricked-up peace propaganda. In short, they aid and abet all pro-red and anti-American objectives. If the ADL were truly a Simon Pure defender and protector of the Jewish people and sincerely devoted to the preservation of a good reputation for the race, nobody would find fault with them. Their present cry is that anyone who names a communist Jew casts a reflection on the race. That is not only a false cry, but with that cry, they burden by innuendo the entire race with the taint of communism. And that's exactly what I was saying before, that they, um, that they hide behind... They hide behind problems that they create. create. They create problems for common people, especially common Jewish people. And then they use they used those people's plight as a shield against criticism or as some kind of a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's, uh, and, and this isn't, you know, this is decades ago, many decades ago. Uh, that is not only the false cry, but the cry that they burden uh, that they burden by innuendo. Uh, indu- they also long ago have erased that suspicion of the minds of the American people by the very simple and most effective process. They could have disavowed any Jew who became a communist, just as the Catholic Church automatically excommunicates Catholics who embrace communism. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. So you can just see how everything, everything had agents, agents in every organization, every church, all working to the same end, and they say that it wasn't a conspiracy. Uh, such action would have completely resolved or absolved the entire race. Instead, they shield the communists and disavow the Jews who fight communism, such as uh, Chaya from Libs of TikTok. Disavow her because she, she's an anti-communist or however you want to call communism, so many names for it now, such as Rabbi Schultz and George Sokolsky or Alfred Kohlberg, Lessing Rosenwald, Ben Friedman, etc., etc. Furthermore, they do not confine themselves to shielding the Jew who turned communist. They shield the Irish Gene Kelly, the Italian Sinatra, and even Paul uh, Robeson. But they move heaven and earth to destroy anybody, be he Jew or Gentile, who fights communism. Here's a little bit more. With threats of the blacklist and the dreaded anti-Semitic brand, they have for many years intimidated and virtually muzzled otherwise courageous and fair-minded public figures such as John T. Flynn, Fulton Lewis Jr. They have held and still hold captive such politicians as Tom Dewey, Earl Warren, Stassen, Eisenhower, etc. They have bulldozed and stymied efforts for the preservation of our country by the American Legion and the press and the radio. They shielded and protected via their threats. Communists and subversives of all types and degrees, they have for years, via their threats, influenced politicians, courts, lawyers, members of Congress, and even the White House, and their threats and their persuasions 
were always based on the premise that the ADL was the official voice of the American Jewry and therefore controlled the influence and the votes of all the American Jews. And throughout all these years, they managed to delude their own people and the vast majority of the American people into the belief that their sole objective is to protect the individual Jew from discrimination and persecution and prevent defamation of the race as a whole. What's changed? It's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse because, I mean, how many times have we sat back and said, oh, okay, okay, that's, anti, that's anti-Semitic now. That's anti-Semitic. Oh, how, how, you have to try to do reach, too. It's like Stretch Armstrong. Like, okay, how, what's the reach to actually everything? And everybody tries to use it. Everybody tries to get on it, and everybody tries to use it. It's like, it's like pulling the sword from the stone. But there's another little something I want to read to you in here because it'll add a, uh, a nice little... A nice little uh, historical story for you. And that is the Black Dragon Society of Japan. Myron Fagan talks about this. To emphasize the dread menace of the ADL to America, I cite what the Black Dragon Society did to Japan. For many years prior to 1938, two parties were fighting for control in Japan. One known as the Conservative Party, headed by Prince Konoye, as uh, and was decided to create and uh, and was dedicated to the creation of peace-loving Japan. The other party was the imperialistic samurai party, which was determined to conquer the world by force of arms and make it a vassal of Japan. Konoye was the strong man of Japan in those earlier days, and everything else being equal, he could have kept the samurai in check, but there was a third force, an invisible force in Japan, which made all the final decisions. That third force was the Black Dragon Society. On the surface, this Black Dragon Society was a harmless fraternal organization, but under the surface, it was a Japanese mafia dominated by a sinister clique, which by 1938 held all of Japan in thrall. Only whereas the mafia are uh, are out only for plunder, the Black Dragon was organized to enslave Japan and through Japan the world. They had an army of their own secret police who answered no to nobody but the dragon and who stopped at absolutely nothing in carrying out the orders of the dragon. Men who stood in the way of this gang died mysteriously and their mere whisper of the dreaded black dragon, the mysterious death quickly became a heart attack or natural causes. They spread their murderously poisonous tentacles into industry, into labor, into the peasantry, and into the nobility. They employed bribery, coercion, blackmail, terrorism in all forms. They had their own methods of smearing decent men and women until they made them outcasts and pariahs in their communities and even within their own families. Waging a losing fight, the samurai turned to the Black Dragon uh, Black Dragon Society for support and quickly became its slave and its tool. Year after year, they gained more and more power in the government of Japan. Until 1939, there were a few strong men in Japan who were too courageous and too truly patriotic. Those few stood in the way of the Black Dragon to supreme power. But by then, the dragon had reached the point where they would brook no opposition, not even the emperor. They resorted to open assassination, and the authorities would not or dared not take action against the assassins. The conservative party collapsed, Tojo emerged, and then came Pearl Harbor and the end of Japan. And so, like the Black Dragon Society in Japan, we have the Anti-Defamation League in our United States. Like the Black Dragon, the ADL is on the surface just an adjunct 
of a harmless fraternal organization like the Black Dragon. The ADL has its own thousands of secret police stationed throughout our nation. They have reached their tentacles into our industry, into labor, into our political parties. They have seized control of the press, our radio, and our screen. They control judges and courts. They hold captive mayors, governors, and through their Lehmans, Frankfurters, and Morgenthau's, our government. How else could Anna M. Rosenberg have ever become the real boss of our Defense Department? Like the Black Dragon, the ADL employs bribery, coercion, blackmail, and all forms of terrorism to achieve their ends. Those who oppose them are smeared into surrender or total disrepute. They, uh, sub, uh, they subsidize a John Roy Carlson, of all many aliases, to write vicious smear book like Undercover. And they have a power to force radio commentators, magazines, and so-called book reviewers on prominent newspapers to ballyho. It's drivel into the bestseller market so as to give nationwide spread to its libel and slander. And they have the power to force those same radio uh, commentators and book reviewers to blast and ridicule and suppress a masterfully written book like John T. Flynn's patriotic The Road Ahead. They have the power to force the creation of uh, Malaterus. Buchanan Committee to investigate and ruthlessly persecute heads of patriotic organizations whose only crime is that of fighting communism. But when Congressman John Rankin demanded a similar investigation of the Anti-Defamation League, they had the power to prevent it. In short, what the Black Dragon Society was uh, was to and in Japan, the Anti-Defamation League is to and in the United States. With this frighteningly vital difference, the Black Dragon Society was using Japan for the Machiavellian scheme to conquer the world, but there is no question or doubt that they were first, last, and all the time out for the greater Japan. The destruction of ja- Japan meant death for the Black Label, Black Label Society, the Black Dragon Society. The Anti-Defamation League is using the United States in identically the same way to create a one-world government to be controlled and dominated by their internationalist creatures. The destruction of the United States as a sovereign nation means triumphant life for the Anti-Defamation League. The Black Dragon Society gave refuge and support to all those who fought for Greater Japan. The ADL gives refuge and protection and support to all those who fight for communism. And um, there's a lot there. There's a lot in here. There's all, all of his uh, court records because he started going and, uh, and facing off against these organizations in court. That is, uh, that's Myron Fagan. If you don't know who Myron Fagan is, he's, uh, he's an OG. He's one of the guys that I asked G. Edward Griffin about the, the first time he was on. Um, very, very... Um, well, he was born in the late 19th century. But he was a playwright, a director, a producer, not only for film, but in early 20th century theater, especially in New York. And he was one of those early red-pilled. Uh, he was early uh, red-pilled early on to how the the entertainment industry, uh, stage and film, were being infiltrated by these cultural vipers. And that's it. And now here we are. Here we are, afraid to say anything about any say anything because the these big, big, well-funded machines, who pretend to be representing one group of little people over the other, everyday people over the other, um, they have made people believe that they actually do that, and therefore anybody that they point at and scream at as an enemy is therefore um, a pariah or needs to be rejected in some way, debanked 
taken out at the knees, whatever the hell it is. I mean, it's very, it's dangerous for me, for me to even read shit like that on the air. Dangerous, even though we're just talking about an organization and stressing. It's an organization that pretends to be for something else. And, um, and, the, and, the, and the things that they pretend to be there for, namely American Jewish individuals, are really their targets. And they are human shields for what is a, a, a horrendous, horrendous operation. So I, I, mean, I would imagine that I guess it works in the same way many so-called liberals would see me as a traitor or un-American because, I mean, I reject in large part a American government that pretends to represent my interests in the world. Okay, on the outside, it is currency manipulation, it is undeclared wars, I mean, it is, think about all the civil liberty violations of the last three years, you know, that doesn't represent me, but they pretend to, they wrap themselves up in the American flag, so it's, uh, it's, all, it's always shell games, it's always shadows, shadows and dust, and that's where we're at right now, um, I want to take a really quick break, very very quick break and we will be yeah we we will be right back don't go anywhere howdy friend you looking for a message board go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread get signed up it's that easy and it's not reddit so don't sweat it for the forum and then so much more it's quitefrankly.tv yeehaw Before we go any further, I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta say a little something here. Last night, I, I saw the the news get out. I saw it when it was just going around, and my heart just dropped. And that is the news that a good friend of the show, good friend of many of you out there, Josh, A.K.A. Real Dirty, had died. And I want to read you what I had seen uh, initially, and what I'm sure many of you have read since. This is from Stay Salty, Saltine Snack, said, um, I hadn't been able to get a hold of AKA Real Dirty for a couple of days now, and I was able to track down the name of his nursing home and found out that last night he was found unresponsive, and they tried everything they could, to, they could do to bring him back, but they couldn't. Uh, he went home to be with Jesus last night. I personally verified this with his nurse and was given the go-ahead to post by the dawn of his nursing home so that everybody knows. We are unbelievably saddened and heartbroken. I will miss him so very much. I don't even know what to say. And I am... I'm right there. I was shocked. Um, you know, I he's a friend of mine. Friend of many of you. And if you didn't know him, then you... Personally, then you definitely had become... 
reliant on him as far as being a resource for media and news. Now I knew after a little while, I didn't know that he was disabled. And then I, then I realized he was wheelchair bound. And then I realized again, quadriplegic. And this was always news as you know, in the early going and getting to know him because for, I mean, he, his, his output, his work was legendary. He would watch all the debates, the interviews, news briefs, clipped things, threaded things, all, all the media. I mean, I would go, hey, Josh, did, did you uh, watch this? I would love to get some some media for this. Did you clip this one yet? Yeah, here you go. Here's a thread I already did. And apparently he was doing all of this with one pinky. It's like the only thing he can move. And just he just had a tremendous eye for things that were relevant and useful. And the, the, the fact that he did so much work and he was so inspired to do work like that, things, you know, work that we all found so incredibly useful and such a good guy and, of course, humble. How can you not be humble when you're in a situation like he was uh, to find so much purpose and utility uh, while being so physically limited? And I think that's why I, I would always... It's part of the reason why I would always get enthusiastic text messages from him whenever somebody would get back to him and say, hey, you know, Frank used some of your, your stuff on Quite Frankly again last night. And he was just always just so grateful. And a team player through and through. And I know that he was very proud of his new podcast. Um, we'd exchange notes all the time about it. He'd tell me, hey, who he's got coming up? Sebastian Gorka's coming on. I think Tracy was on not too long ago. He was very, very proud of of his podcast and the people that were listening. And um, I don't know what he had going on outside of his paralysis. I never pried into anything like that. I didn't. E- I I didn't even know he listed, He lived in assisted living, but I suppose it makes sense. It's just another reminder that you just you just never know. You never know, and. I don't know, that's just, that, that was a real, that was a real down note last night to hear about that. And I'll definitely be praying for his soul tonight. And I, I know many of you will too. So keep Josh in, in, in your mind and, and, uh, and his example too, especially. I said it last week a little bit. Um, you get so caught up in the daily grind that every once in a while you start getting into at least a few times in your life, you've definitely gotten into the, into the mode where you're just living for the weekend, where you're almost like surrendering the first five days. You've got to survive the first five days so that you can get a couple of minutes to do everything in the last day and a half. Because what the hell is Sunday night except just thinking about Monday? Can't do that. Can't do that. Got to find a way to make every day feel like a, a weekend. I know it's, it's rough. I know, but we've got you got to find a way because those are those are weeks and days of our lives and um, and perspective. Josh is the kind of guy that give you a lot of perspective. So I wanted to put that out there. Okay, rest in peace, Josh. Um let's see. Let's go into the the uh, super chats, see what's going on there, and then I'll take a couple of calls. It's 7.54. The band should be getting here sometime soon. 914-200-0269. I want to see what everybody is up to and what you're thinking. Um, all right. So, first one up. 
is over on quite frankly superchat.com car guys new england said i just want to go to the view and let a huge fart out after eating a big steak and some broccoli uh if they uh, if they then if they wear masks i'll if they wear masks and can smell it they'll smell it to test their masks it that was written awkwardly i'm trying to make sense of it. i get what you're saying Steak and broccoli go out there and big fart and tell them to throw the masks on and it should filter everything out, right? Enough of this COVID propaganda. I'm already seeing idiots outside of masks again. I know. And if you're from New England, we're going to be seeing a lot of it. I'm living right on the gateway to New England over here next to the next to uh, the Connecticut border. And uh, people are just like, say the word, say the word. I'll strap it right to my fucking face again. I'll do it. I'll never come out. Katie Skye said, you said earlier that weakness is the ultimate form of power, and it reminded me of how the great divorce outlined how pity is misused and has caused the most havoc in the world, how the loveless and the self-absorbed can blackmail the universe by demanding pity and how bowing to pity makes uh, makes the, the manger dogs tyrants. Oh, man, yes, the universe. Oh, man, I wish I had that book right here. The manger dogs, tyrants of the universe. It was uh, that. That was so, it's perfect. Yeah, that that segment was perfect in the Great Divorce. That's how we kicked off this week, this uh, year with book club, ladies and gentlemen. This is the kind of stuff you carry with you throughout the year. Now, when you read all these books and you get all these wonderful stories dissected, become a part of book club. I got to go find that now. Because it's perfect about how, you know, victimhood and blackmail, emotional blackmail and coercion. It, uh, why cannot, it was a whole point about why it cannot be entertained. Because once you relent and once you give in and once you appease and mollify, that is, that's it. That's it, you've lost. And you can see what rules the country right now. Oh, man. It's an army of those freaks. Ryan from Minnesota. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, Frank. How you doing, brother? I'm all right. What's on your mind? Um, um, yeah, well, uh, someone just mentioned uh, sending somebody onto The View. Yeah, she sent that diarrhea bomber from the plane on it. Ryan, you got to gotta speak up. Oh, sorry. Send that uh, diarrhea bomber from the plane onto The View. That'd be a good guess for them. That'd be great. If we can get two people over there at The View to, to get free tickets, go to The View, go to a taping, and then just uh, you know take some X-lax and stuff before you get there and just commit to shitting all over yourself, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's not what I'm calling about. Um, I was just thinking um, something I've thought for a long time is uh, maybe... Uh, uh, somehow we could set up a telegram channel for each state, like a, a quite frankly, telegram channel so people in each state can uh, get to know people who are interested in this type of media in their local, you know, locally. What do you, wait, 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 a, a telegram channel so that people can bring, I, I don't understand what you're, you're saying. Oh, so what I'm trying to say is that, uh, like, Minnesota will have a, quite frankly, Minnesota meetup telegram channel, so like you know, each state will have their own one. So if anybody ever wanted to gather uh, within each state, you know, we'd have we'd have a community to to uh, you know to get to know other people who are into this type of uh, you know truth. 
Oh, you know, I I don't know how we. That it's a good idea in in spirit as far as execution. And thank you for the call, Ryan. I have to keep these quick because I only have about a minute or so. Um, I'll tell you what that reminds me of. And I still have all of my scribblings on this. I wanted to start a fraternity of our own, and it was going to be called the International Order of Zadalza. And not only, and I I will have I wanted there to be chapter. You know, people people can open up chapters all over the place, and that would be part of a directory and stuff. So to be able to set up a directory of a an official fraternity, of course, that is just going to be like, well, they're starting fraternities now, huh? Well, I just thought that'd be it'd be fun. Like we want to start mock mock governments and do mock elections and do things like that. I always thought that that'd be great. And what would the fraternity be about? I don't know. It would be a repository for um, for survival. Uh, a relocation uh, the information, things like that, things you can get anywhere, but it would just be a place where it's all there and also communication. And if you're traveling through the, the country, just to know that there are other, you know, well, Zadalzans back then, but Franklies and shit. Um, I don't know to cre- if you if you want to create Telegram. I always tell people go out there and create as many chat rooms as you like. You don't have to watch the, um, you don't have to be in the chat room of, the rumble if you're even watching on rumble i mean watch the show wherever it streams best for you and i always say form your own chat rooms little ircs little uh just just private little rooms your own little discords whatever a lot of people a lot of times people just don't want to be in there with the mix of everybody else you can watch wherever you want as far as telegrams and and trying to get the word out to to other people who watch this show in one state or another Go for it. I certainly I can't assist with that because I just don't have the time. And there's 50 states, so you guys just got to get crafty in how you you meet up with each other. Uh, maybe you can go into the forum on quitefrankly.tv and just start a thread. Any Franklys over here from Minnesota, and just try to. And I don't know. I don't know how you put the signal flare up. Let's take a call from Travis. What's going on? Hello. Hey Frank. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, listen to listen listen to my voice and do not pay attention to the stream. Oh, I'm not. Uh, are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm good. Okay. I just wanted to, you know, you're doing another good show. It's weird. Your, your shows always hit home at certain times, my friend. Okay, I, I, I just want to ask everybody to maybe say a little prayer that my brother is going to be. Okay, today's the anniversary of our youngest brother who died, my brother Neil, two years ago. And, like, my brother just decided to up and go off to the mountains and kind of disappear on us for a minute. Wait a second. So you, you, had, you, you had a younger brother that, that died, and now you have, you have another sibling that, that has disappeared recently just to be alone? No, he's not, he's not disappeared. It's just he's, he's never yet gotten over our brother Neil, you know, and like he was in town and then he called me up and his wife was like, Hey, he's, he's about to go off to the mountains, you know? And I was like, okay, so let me call my brother. So I call him and I'm like, Hey Todd, give me a minute. You know, like I'm going to call around. I'm going to get some shifts covered so I can go with you. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then, uh, you know, when I call him and tell him like, Hey, I got it all squared away. He's like, Oh, I already left. I'm already, I'm already past the grapevine. And it's like, I don't think he'll do anything or it's just dangerous. You know, like I don't want him up there by himself right now 
in the mindset that he's in. So all I'm asking is people to just pray that he comes back home and that he feels better and that he can start making positive progression towards like getting over. We can't change it. You know what I mean? You can't change it when this shit happens. But at a point, you you got to move on. And how long ago? How long ago did you lose your your brother? About two years ago today. Two years ago today, and and uh, so just yeah. the three of you? No, I have three sisters too. Wow, six of you, huh? Yeah, six of us. And and um, but your your other brother obviously just grieving is something he likes to do alone. I don't, I, I listen. I, I I hope I have all I hope everything works out and let me know when he gets back home and hopefully he just keeps you know his family his wife all of you guys in mind and it's just something that he he needs to to be alone for you know sometimes people got to reset and they do it better on their own and and i hope that that's all it is but let me know how it goes all right man hey thanks frank all right have hey, a good... and you know like how you were talking about that guy that fucking murdered that little 11 year old kid 11 month dude. 11 months yeah you're right about that dude somebody should he probably wants to go to a female prison so he can quit getting fucking manhandled by nobody likes those fucking trash motherfuckers that do stuff like that to people, to little kids. Oh, yeah. It's an unsaid thing. Oh, right, yeah. When you said they should chop his shit off and slice his throat open. That's a, that's that's what the sur- that's what any uh that's that's what the surgeon should do. If you ask me, and thank you for the call. I mean, and, and again, that was just an example of what's the ACLU up to these days? That's the kind of that's the kind of cases they take up. That's the kind of cases they, cases they take up. That should just be passed right over. But um, it's not. It's not. Uh, hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen. I just got a... You know what? Hold on. Give me one second. I got to put on a, a song, and I just got a message from my bassist. It's a minute long. One second. Let me just see what the hell he's talking about. Because it might be a cancellation, and if it is, I'll stay on for another 20 minutes. Hold on. All right, band practice has been canceled, but all I'm going to do is I'm going to stay on with you until 8.30, and then I'm going to go into the other room, and I'm going to spend about a half hour to 40 minutes tuning up my drums, and maybe I'll do a little bit of a uh, impromptu stream on the, in the Gilded or something like that. Tonight, I'm going to be working on my kick drum. I'm not going to replace the resonant heads on the kick drum, just the beater side. And then uh, after that, maybe I'll just do a little bit of a uh, cleanup of the snare, though I have not... I have not bought any new skins for the snare. That's what I'll be doing. So I'm not going to be a total, not going to be a total loss, but I'll make do, and we'll figure it out. All right. So nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. What do you guys think? What's going on? You know, I had a an amazing thing that I'll I'll send up, I'll set up tomorrow. My cousin Sherry, she got in touch with me over the weekend, and she saw. The episode on Friday night or Thursday night, whenever it was that, that we talked about Mount Airy Lodge, and we did that whole segment listening to the Mount Airy Lodge commercial, apparently she went there two years ago with a girlfriend of hers. My cousin Dave didn't want to go, and she said, well, you know, she wanted to see if it is this magical place that she always used to see in the commercials all those times, and she wrote a blog post about it. 
and she sent me the blog post about her stay there, and I've got to read this onto the uh, onto the record. I must read it, but I don't I don't think it's it's going to be too out of place tonight if I do that. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. We're going to take a couple more calls, and then um, and then we'll uh, we'll split. Did a little bit more than I thought tonight. Dan Schumann says, Frank, so cool watching you on my TV. Was watching you on my phone. Then you popped up on my TV. Say hey to Salty. She loves you too. What's going on there, Salty? Good to have you around. All right. So, um, I don't know. There's, uh, It's just you and I now. And we can do whatever. Did you see the Florida Nazis? Since we're talking about ADL and everything else. The parading around all weekend. They called themselves the Red Shirts. I seriously could not stop laughing. I was watching it last night with uh, with Matt and uh, a few other people as the Labor Day festivities were winding down. Obviously, my in-laws were gone and all that stuff. And they're like, hey, did you hear about the Nazis that were marching in Florida? I said, no, what happened? So he uh, picked it up and we just started, we, I don't know, we smoked some cigars. We watched this stuff and it just, it just got funnier and funnier to me. I don't know. This is from Freedom News TV. This is down in Florida right now. Look. look at look at this. first of all look at the just the red and the black the vest with the tie the ski mask with the mirrored glasses and then the cowboy hat the the, the full brimmed hat I, I guess that's one of the commanders there Laura Loomer shows up they start yelling at her and it's just it's just incredible the, the pageantry Boy, we are really walking the line tonight, aren't we? <laughs> I, this is hilarious to me. Oh, it's hilarious. Bunch of people with Nazi fl- with Nazi flag swastikas. That's hilarious to you. He said, "Yeah, this is pretty funny." I think that this is hilarious. Um, it's clownish to me, and um, I, I maybe it's it's not nervous laughter. I think it's hilarious. I I think that the it's just the costume design for all like the Patriot Front with the khakis and the shields, and again the turtlenecks that go up to the nose and the the Ray Bans and the hat, and then this. With the red and the black, and and the commanders are are wearing vests, and and they they look like I don't know something out of like Red Dead Redemption with the hats, and they just need a horse going back and forth, and um, they're on the march. And there's a couple of dozen of them. It's like a it's not even a drop in the pan. It's it's missed. It's so pathetic. Hello, caller seven six zero. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello, this is Abraham. Hello, Abraham. I know that you're driving right now. I can I can hear it, so I don't want you to go uh, anything other than hands-free, but you sound really woofy right now. Never mind. I'll call you back and uh, get off the hands-free then. Oh, well, you know, keep progress. You don't have to pull over just for me, but I'm just saying it, it sounds pretty bad. Hey, um, I'll drive it. Okay, yeah. Can't go on. 
can't go on. 914-200-0269. You call in. You let me know what the hell's going on. And uh, and then we'll be off for the rest of the night. So, um, see, I just wish these things happen. I wish we could know. Wish I could know ahead of time when something is going to be canceled. 540, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Salvatore. Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good, man. I want to know uh, how many of those guys you think are uh, are. Uh, plants let's just say <laughs> i you know i i think at this time whenever something like that pops up and everybody there's always somebody saying oh wow hello fed parade over here and yeah. it, it could be there could be i mean depending on how big the event is you have to imagine the bigger the event the more it's going to be a little bit more controlled but something like this it's small enough and you know, uh, if uh, I don't know, ineffectual enough for it to really just be yeah. legitimately some guys getting together and uh, and, and doing their thing. It, who knows? But it's just it never it never lands right. It doesn't. It just looks. I mean, like you said, it, it's just too on the nose. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, it's it's like a cosplay. You know what I mean? At a yeah. certain point, and like you, like you said, it's not even a drop in the pan. It's like okay, so there's 20 guys somewhere in America. 20 guys. 20 guys that's it if it was a big issue i would maybe twenty thousand, maybe even 200 would maybe be an issue but 20 guys i know we're, we're making a big deal about it you know yeah i know and the other thing there too is um you gotta say especially with what they you look at that and then you look at the proud boys for example and what, what's been made of the proud boys which you know if you look into it there ain't nothing racist about what what was in their charter or what was you know trending about them all over the years but of course what was it was made, a drinking club it was a social drinking club basically that pretty much and and what has been made of them now since two uh, uh you know since uh 2021 i mean you just saw that what's his name tario got 22 yeah, Enrique tario 22 years he was given because of january 6th 22 years what they have done and and then and then you have these people on a bridge in Florida somewhere, and uh, I don't know. It, somehow this is going to be equated to that. Well, the reason why I think they try to make all the, a lot of these little groups pop up is because, like the Proud Boys, they had a leader. You know, Gavin McInnes is a is a guy that's uh, not very liked in a lot of political social circles as well. So I think they're making, obviously, a name of them, just like they're making a name for Trump. Like anybody who was associated with him, they're going to go down. I think the reason why these don't go forward and move forward is because there's not a name tied to them, right? So, mm. even, and I think uh, that's why, in my eyes, a lot of it is uh, kind of just pop up and let's see what we can do. But there's no real—I don't think there is a—it's not a real group. I think it's like, like you said, like a flash in the pan kind of sort of situation. Yeah. Well, what are they get, what are they looking to do? Recruitment? Um, I don't know. Maybe a couple of people. Join up just because they want to be uh, they want to be trolls or whatever the hell it is. It's always interesting to me. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it is cosplay, and it's always interesting to me whenever people show up and they they just douse themselves in clothing from head to toe. Where they actually, I mean, that that one guy, I guess he's one of their commanders who had the hat on. It looked like looked like the Invisible Man. I mean, he looked like <laughs> it looked like the Invisible Man. There's you couldn't see any part of him. He could have been a black guy. Dragon. Listen, he could have been a black guy under there. You wouldn't. You would never know. 
And back to my original point, you would have never known. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for the call, Sal. It's good to hear from you. I appreciate it, boss. All right, later. All right, let's take it. Let's try seven six zero again. Hello there, caller. Hello. Sorry about the muffled earlier. It's all right. You sound great now. Go ahead. So just uh, throwing a little bit of information out there. Uh, my sister-in-law's boyfriend is in the Navy. He's stationed uh, in Florida. And he gave her a little bit of information that he probably shouldn't have given her. Uh, the info is that the U.S. military is gearing up for all-out war right now. Um, and this is what's floating around in military circles. Um, he... The timeline he told her was possibly as soon as March of next year. Um, so, well, take that as it is. Take it with a grain of salt. Well, let me hold uh, on. I'm going to write. Maybe th- call Blue Monster Prep some more. I'm, wait a second. I'm going to write this down. March 24, all out war, and I'm going to bring that up to. Um, to Jeff Harmon tomorrow night when we talk about projections and not only the fall but 2024 that 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 X eclipse and all that stuff. I want to see if anything looks pretty bad in in March of 24. Yeah, I should that would that would be great actually because I, I know I've heard of a few other shows where the things were saying all right okay 2023 through maybe 2025 wasn't looking very good but. Well, something's going to have to pop off, something big time, um, because I, like Anthony Fauci might even know, there's going to be far less people who are going to go along with these uh, another wonderfully timed um, outbreak of a, uh, of, a, of a cold, of a moderate to mild cold that, is, um, that has timed itself for an election year. So what the hell else can there be? And where else, as we've been saying before, over and over again, where does the escalation of force in Eastern Europe go from here? If nobody's willing to admit defeat, back off, and and and, and readjust, because remember, and thanks again for the call. And you know, this, I, I should put on the uh, inside information line. That's a little bit of inside information. Um, the adjustment with Ukraine. Remember, it's not just okay. Well, uh, the Russians got us. The Russians got us, and we lost a lot of land in those eastern provinces, and we were screwing around. We found out, and now uh, that's it. We're not rec- those we, those lands are lost. Crimea, it's all it's lost. It's not a matter of just saying our efforts have been bested, even though the severity to which we, uh, that, that 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 we had lost is always going to be kept under wraps no doubt about it the severity is going to be just completely washed over but the real thing is that ukraine itself cannot remain whatever is left of ukraine cannot remain the way it is set up with its allegiances it can't what happens afterwards it's not just that, okay, the, uh, the, those, those eastern provinces in Crimea and all that has gone back to Russia. The Russian people, the ethnic Russian people there have been liberated from all of the, the, uh, the Nazi shelling and the, the CIA uh, support for, from over the years since 2014. Now what? Well, the whole point of Ukraine being there and all of those eastern bloc countries that were formerly uh, USSR and whatnot, they, that was a buffer between Russia and... And neutral buffers between Russia and NATO. 
well, uh, you, picking up more land along the eastern provinces still keeps uh, still keeps Ukraine at your southern border. It's still completely controlled by the CIA, NATO. Uh, what happens there? What about neutrality? Victoria Newland is still sitting her fat ass, her potato face, right there on your southern border. So what? What now? I mean, it, it doesn't stop there. You got to understand, it doesn't stop there. Like secession of fire, it doesn't stop there. Then you're talking about reconstituting a, uh, an entire country's government, which is that going to be allowed? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that can go wrong, or maybe a lot that's just straight up planned. Who knows? Um, those are the kind of questions I would ask Colonel Douglas McGregor, but he goes on everybody's shows except mine. So maybe I'll make another pass at him in another week or two. But anyway, all right, 914-200-0269. we got 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes and that was really great inside information. We'll see if it all if it all fleshes out inside info line. I'm going to throw it up. Inside info line right there. Remember, it is only information that you have received or that you have firsthand or you got it from someone from a firsthand source. All right? Don't come with your theories or anything like that. Just come with the goods or what you think is the goods. It could be a LARP, too. You go ahead and you can LARP your way all around, and we'll just take note of it, and we'll see what the hell happens. All right, 914-200-0269 or the inside information line, 914-369-1236. Okay, let's take a call again. Hello there from the general line. Uh, yeah, my on? Yeah, you're on. Go ahead. Yes, right. So, um, what's your thoughts on, like, you had that cop from New York um, the other day, and, like, it kind of goes along with these, like, like, because a lot of these, we know a lot of these guys are, what they're, what, what, what's a Fed, right? Is it, like, the actual Fed, or is it the guy that he's paying money to do, do stupid shit, right? Like, but, man, I, you know, like, I know a lot of these cops are like, like they're good guys, you know, and whatever. But I was just watching another like tape from like a, like a raid for a J sixer, and and then like a lot of like the, like the, a lot of the F. I mean, they're just exhibiting just like extremely despicable behavior, and I just wonder like. Like, what's a cop supposed to, like, what is a Fed supposed to be? Like, what's the purpose of the FBI? I don't mean to say that in, like, a catty way, but, like. So, uh, um, you're talking about arrest, uh, federal arresting officers? You're talking about the way that they act when they go and they uh, arrest a, a target of an investigation or something like that? Or you're talking about just. Yeah. Okay, you're talking about feds in particular, not um, not like a city cop or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's issues. No, 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 no feds, feds. I mean, what? Uh, so like Dan Bongino seems like this super rad dude, but he just got disillusioned, right? You know, like I mean, there's. Well, you know, the, it, for, for Dan, sure, should be a. But like you know, who was talking about? Uh, was it the vape talking about just sending it all to the marshals? You know, like. 
I don't know, like, but okay. Well, uh, well, thank you for the call. I think I know what you're. I think I know what you're trying to say. And if, if it's if it's Dan Bongino is, I from I haven't listened to him in a long time, but he was always the type of guy that liked to fall back on the whole rank and file, are good people, uh, thing. The the Sean Hannity stance of well, you know, the the rank and file, the rank and file. I'm totally off of that now. I'm sure because I know, I know feds. I've known at least one uh, FBI agent almost my entire life, and I know he's a good person. But, um, but as far as so, I I know that inside of the bureaus and these agencies, there are good people who want to do honest police work that want to take down bad guys and enforce whatever laws are on the books. And then, I mean, I I don't I don't know it. It's there's also just a lot of people who are out there that are willing, obviously, willing to take down and be a part of and follow orders for operations that are completely unbecoming of anything that a uh, an, an honest law enforcement agency or department would would be going after. With what's going on in New York, so you want to talk about real issues. You want to talk about security of the nation, that there are, over the last couple of years, how many millions of unaccounted for foreign nationals that have just poured into the country and are, they're so all over the place. It's not even like they're hiding. They're sleeping, eating and shitting in the streets of the biggest metropolitan areas in this nation. They're fighting the local cops who are trying to take away their moto scooters. They're actually fist fighting with them, grabbing them back and scooting away. And nobody can actually apprehend them. Nobody can deport them. Nobody can do anything. They have more legal representation than people that are that are, have been accused of treason with January 6th with the mosh pit over there. So you want to talk about what their what their their purpose is? I don't know. I, it's, it's pretty obvious to me what the purpose is. When you think about what they ignore and what they concentrate on. Now, the real question is how many of the good rank and file are going to be able to uh, justify being a part of an operation like that for how much longer? I understand a good job, a steady job is hard to find these days. But, man, man, that would be that would be weighing on my soul. That would be weighing on my soul. I don't know what else to say. Um, All right. So that's it for right now, ladies and gentlemen. What I'm going to do uh, tomorrow, we're going to have a great show tomorrow with Jeff Harmon, get a little bit of an update of what's going on in the stars and what's going on elsewhere. In the second half of the show, we're going to have plenty of time for calls, a mixed bag of things, and, and yeah, that's it. That's it for tonight. Thank you for all your time. And we will see if this episode is allowed to stay up. So this time tomorrow, if you don't see me live on YouTube, then you know exactly where I am. Not on YouTube. And um, anyway, I think the second half of tomorrow's show, we're going to bounce off of YouTube anyway. It was only supposed to be an hour-long show tonight. So that's that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, gals. Thank you to all my friends on Foxhole. I see Witchy Pooh, Robert Sarn, C. Blanche, Jesse81138. And Sean Joe, thank you for all those gold pills. I'm releasing the scratching right now. We've got some after-hours programming for you coming right up. 
on the Rumble. Let me see. Make sure I didn't miss anything. I got a Sea to Shining Sea Rumble rant. It says, really graceful. Did a great piece on the origins of the ADL. I'm sure you saw, Frank. Also, the Berlin Wall was to keep people in, not out. How stupid. Yes. They don't care about any actual accuracy in, in history. They care about symbolism that can be repurposed for newer, stupider generations. And it's all about division. No, regardless of who was keeping somebody in, who was keeping other people out, it was a division among a people that should have been brothers. East and West, Berlin, blah, 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 boo. And, uh, and now America and Mexico, who are just like kindred spirits. Kindred in their, their country, in the country, in the, in the culture, in the constitution. Kindred. Obviously, I'm joking. They're two separate countries, and uh, it's fine that they are. But this whole idea that, that taking any kind of even little, little action at, the, at a border to, to make sure that there's a divider between nations and economies and everything else that's going on, to, to, to take a Berlin Wall stance on that when uh, Mexico could be doing things to prohibit this kind of movement as well. Okay? But they're not. They're not. I wonder why. Anyhow, that's all we have for you tonight, ladies and gents. I appreciate you, and we'll see you all tomorrow. And um, I've got nothing else. Email me at any time and become a sponsor of the show. Um, consider becoming a sponsor at quitefrankly.tv on the sponsor us tab. I'm not going. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not going to be offered any exclusive Rumble deals anytime soon. I can promise you that. But new media is a la carte. There used to be a time where supporting your favorite show was just as easy as clicking on the network that hosts it and paying your cable bill. It's not like that anymore. It's all a la carte. You want a potato? You want some salmon, you have to get them individually. And I have always given my main product away for free, namely the 7 p.m. show and what we are developing at Quite Frankly TV that is also all for free on quitefrankly.tv. But there's a growing number of bonuses that open you uh, that open up to you once you become even a sponsor at the smallest level and uh, even more on the way now that my broadcast location in my new home office is starting to really come along. Um, I can't wait to do all that stuff. So uh, become a sponsor. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Good night. Thank you so much. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Dan Schumann, Stostube, Katie Sky and Car Guys New England. Thank you to See the Shining Sea on Rumble, all my friends on Pilled, and uh, I'm going to go release that treasure chest on D Live. In the meantime, you guys have yourselves a great night, and tomorrow is another day.